good news, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Broken Bougie Podcast. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Quinn. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. And we are joined today with a special friend, Dr. Ruby. I feel like she, we know each other, but this is actually our first time meeting. We're the equivalent of social media friends, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. We're like in all the Facebook groups that I talk about. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's how we met. And then Instagram, social media, but it's some of the good Facebook groups. It's the one, the Bay. Um, I have some Facebook groups I'm in that are a hot mess. Um, and I talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's not one of the hot mess ones. It's one of the good ones. So welcome to the Broken Bougie podcast, podcast. Dr. Ruby. Tell us about yourself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're showcasing hey. strong women. And I chose you because I feel like you do so much. Um, and I'm always in awe of like all your accomplishments and Aww. everything you've done. So I definitely want you to tell us a little bit about you. Well, I just want to say that, yes, we know each other via social media, but I like love your stories and I like love your fashion sense. I'm always like, I want to live the life that you're living because it just looks like so much fun and so put together. Um, But thank you so much for like having me on your show. This is so cool. I think this is like the first time I've ever done something like this. So thank you. Um, And it's like really great to like finally kind of meet you virtually kind of yes <laughs> or at least have a conversation yeah, I think it's like you. e-meet you but I think that's emails so virtually yeah. meet you exactly I feel like before this all our conversations were just like liking each other's posts and sending like really nice comments to each other but this is cool <laughs> so thank you so much um oh so yeah a little bit about myself yeah so I um I you know, I'm in medicine and I'm finishing up my surgery residency soon, actually at the end of this summer. So actually no beginning of this summer. And then I start my fellowship in August. Um, but yeah, I, it's crazy. I like have spent 14 years of my life studying to be a surgeon. And then I realized like in the middle of all of this work and whatnot, that I really just love politics. Like that's something that really drives me. And And not just like politics in the sense of like, oh, we have to, you know, elect certain politicians to office, but more so like, let's fight to, you know, protect healthcare in this country or actually like reform healthcare in this country. And let's, you know, make a difference with social justice issues. And I feel like it's great. I was actually telling my friend this, I, as much as I like the profession I'm in, I feel like politics is like the thing that gives me purpose, which is so crazy to say, because politics is so like stressful and anxiety inducing, but I feel like it prevents me from experiencing like anxiety in medicine. It's so weird. I feel like it balances each other out, even though they're super, super stressful fields, but Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I got into politics. I was an intern in the Obama white house, ended up working there for a little bit of time. And then I moved to work, uh, working for a congresswoman on Capitol Hill. I did a lot of stuff with, um, the affordable care act and healthcare in general. Um, and then it kind of like stuck with me. I obviously took a break from that because, you know, residency is so time consuming and med school is so time consuming, but I think 
going through the last like four years in this country, I just, I was like, I need to kind of get back into this as stressful and maybe as like heartbreaking as it can be. And so this really most of 2020 was like me doing all I could, whether it was for the presidential campaign or whether it was like working on social justice issues or working for like Medicare and Medicaid expansion back in my hometown of Tampa, Florida, it just like fell really deep into it. And then I feel like that's probably where my career will end up going in the future. One day, I know that sounds really boring, but I, <laughs> no, I, I think um, so interesting. It's like, oh, I don't want a stressful job. You're a surgeon, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go into politics. And then you go into politics. You're like, huh. Mm-hmm. So you're a unicorn is what you're basically saying. <laughs> it's weird. I was, I was like telling my friend, um, it's yeah. Like I find surgery and that whole world of medicine to be so stressful. Like, I think I wake up more most of the time, like, Oh my gosh, how did I get myself into this? And then I feel like politics is like the saving grace, which is crazy. Cause politics is like wild. You go on Twitter and like everyone's fighting each other. You go on, you post one comment on Facebook and like someone that you don't even know, but your Facebook friends with like completely comes over and takes over your Facebook post and like disagrees with everyone. And I'm just like, all right, like, well, how did this become my like saving grace? <laughs> like, how is this my calm? Exactly. My saving grace needs to be like Netflix shows, not, you know. <laughs> I was going to say because I remember a post in one of our groups for the longest time. Um, I didn't know you were a doctor or a residency until you posted something. I literally always thought you were in politics. Like, I knew you had like, worked for the Obama um, administration and I seen you like with Cory Booker and all these you know things and I was like oh my gosh she's going to be like the next AOC like this is who she is and then one day he posted something about being a doctor and I was like wait I'm so confused and then but you post so many good things about politics and I believe during the summer you had because you're from Tampa right yeah a little yeah it was like doctors for Biden or Tampa doctors for Biden was the, um, I I can't speak right now because so early, but you know, I'm saying like the campaign, the thing you were running. And I thought that was just so cool. But yeah, for the longest time, I literally thought I was like, she's the next politician. This is like our future. This is what I want. I want something like her. And then I was like, wait, man, she's a doctor. And I think like, you think it's boring, but I think it's cool and amazing. And like, who, you don't, it's not a lot of people that are. Transition between the two. Yeah. That's what it is. And that are so different, the realms of politics and medicine. So the fact that you fluently bounce from both is, I can see why Chrissy's like, oh, I'm in awe of her. Yeah. So what, Yeah. what, what would your dream job in politics look like? What? What is, what is that for Dr. Ruby? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. Um, I would love to be the secretary of health and human services one day, or I would love to be surgeon general. And I think oh, I was okay. for office. Like, so here's the cool story. You mentioned doctors for Biden and, um, I ended up becoming like the Florida chair and, um, you know, it was like hosting rallies, hosting like these wonderful events all throughout 
Florida. And Florida is like a really tricky spot to get involved in politics because I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, Florida, it's right. It's a bunch of, everyone has yeah. a lot to say about Florida. Um, and then, you know, you show up and you're like, I mean, everything is controversial in Florida, right? Like you mentioned coronavirus and it's like, you can literally, it's like you open up you know, a Pandora's box, right? Like it's very, very, anything is controversial. So I was down there and we were hosting rallies and we would get like flicked off. <laughs> we would have like, like people would yell at us. We're like on the street, just holding, holding, holding like doctors for Biden signs or just Biden signs. And people would just like yell at us as they're driving or they would like slow down to yell at us and then continue. But, you know, I guess what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? But it was really cool because I met all these people. <laughs> you're like, no, I agree. At the time, I was like, wow, like, we're getting flicked off a lot. But then it was like, eh, well, you know, I guess it's Florida. What can you say? Um, but, like, being in that was really cool because I met so many people that were, like, part of HHS, part of the, you know, former Surgeon General's offices, and it's like, you meet people that are so like down to earth, but so like, like invested in making a difference in like the health of this country, whether it's like public health or granting people access to insurance or increasing, you know, um, the eligibility of insurance that I, I feel like it really changed me. I was like, wow, these people are like so down to earth. They're so humble, but they're like making a difference. Um, and I like, that's what I took away from that whole experience, but yeah, I, I really do think about it. I'm like, will I run for office? And if I do, it will probably be in like Florida because that's my hometown. Although like it would be hard to run in Florida because, you know, I'd be running up against like really conservative people. And I'm like on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I'm super liberal. So how would that work? Um, but, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. Right. So um, I think before that, though, I would totally love to eventually like be nominated to like be the secretary of HHS or surgeon general. I do feel like I have a long ways to go to do that. And I feel like not only just in medicine, but also like in politics, but I think it would be a good start. And I, sometimes I'm like AOC did it when she's like 28. So yep. she literally just ran for office and did it. So I should just do that, but just get the gets, you know, grab life. You definitely would have a great backing following you. And I feel like it's those people who will keep running and running and running. And maybe you might not win the first time and maybe you will, who knows, you know, this next generation, generation YZ, I don't know. Those people. Wait, the one, what, what did you call them? YZ. What are they? I don't I know. I think it's Generation Z, right? I don't know. They're weird. But the ones that <laughs> said you middle parts are out are the side parts that are out. I don't know. And skinny jeans are out. Oh, skinny mean, jeans like, forever. The TikTok era. I feel like they are future. They are. And they are the ones that like elect the AOC and want to keep reelecting AOC to be back in there because they realize she does stand for something and you know she's on the younger spectrum and I feel like that's where we're going we're going to where we want the younger generation in to to change to change, to change. exactly because if you don't have that next generation or the younger generation things are going to stay stagnant and the same so it's I feel true. 
I mean, if they can overthrow um, was it? the stock market, we can overthrow the government. <laughs> yeah. That's so, true, yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe once you're done with your residency and, you know, you're a little bit more finished with your, um, I forget what it's called. Fellowship? Fellowship, yeah. I mean, you're never really over it. I think just from, I'm new to your story, it seems like you are able to balance and navigate both very well. But I have another question. Just because <laughs> hey. you brought it up. How is it navigating through Florida on the liberal side? I've always wondered that. Like, where are the normal people at? Like, because <laughs> you know how you're like, you can make jokes about Florida. Like, oh, it's Florida. And you're like, yeah, I get it. They do some Florida stuff. But where are the normal people? Like, how is it navigating out there when you have such you a- know, it's so interesting. So I'm doing my residency up in Boston. Um, but I used to think Boston was so liberal, right? Like it was progressive. And then I moved here and I was like, this is like not at all what I thought. Boston's pretty segregated. Boston has a very serious race issue. Um, Boston is not at all progressive. And it's interesting because I think parts of Florida, especially like where the Biden office was, like in East Tampa, that's like a very progressive area. Like, okay. like even more so than like, I used to live in DC because that's where I, you know, I worked there and I went to med school there. So um, I thought it was on par with that because DC is pretty progressive and pretty liberal. But like once you exit those areas and you enter like the city of Tampa or the suburbs of Tampa, then it's like a mix. You have your hardcore, you know, Trump supporters, like very conservative folks. And then you have like, like back home, I, there's still people who have like Trump signs, like, thank you, Trump. And I'm like, it's March 21st. Like it's been two months. That- We're over it. We're over it. Okay. Right. <laughs> I live in Georgia, so I know how that is. You don't see it in Atlanta, but once you start going outside, right, start to you still see Trump signs. Yeah. I was driving the other day and I seen a Trump sign on someone's car or a truck, and I was like, "Interesting, interesting." It, it is, and and you know the the wild thing about it is even like the Democrats or the liberals in Florida are pretty divided, right? So you have like your conservative Democrats who are like kind of worried about taking the next step. I saw this a lot in the campaign and I was like, I mean, the campaign really opened my eyes to like a lot of things, like a lot of like issues within, you know, local parties and state parties and how to like navigate, because I only had national experience and like how to navigate that on the federal level. Um, And so, you know, I was like surprised that, I mean, maybe that I was naive about it, but I was like surprised that even like the Dems you know, had their own issues. Like there was a progressive party that was re- ready to kind of leave, right? And like do their own thing. And then you had your conservative Dems who kind of took over the ideology of the party. So there was like a lot of infighting and whatnot. And it's like so pointless because it's like you're here to just, you know, you want to, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad because like Republicans can kind of get away with all endorsing one ideology, even if they're against it. And I feel like there's such a divide, at least in the Florida Democratic Party. And it's like, like you see other states like Georgia, right? Like they got it together and like they saved the country. Meanwhile, in like Florida, they're arguing over 
things that don't even like make it aren't even like transportation tax, right? Or like school board issues. And it's like important, but at the same time, like it becomes really just violent, not like physically violent, but like on social media, it's like mm-hmm. one person's attacking another person. They're all like grown. It's the message and it gets people confused about like cohesiveness when it comes to a party. That's never exactly if it's divide. Would you say the divide is, um, I, I guess Chrissy's point, age related? Do you see that maybe the conservative Democrats are, are older than maybe the younger ones? I think so. I think, yeah, I think it's part, part, yeah, I would say part of it is that, and I think part of it is people are kind of afraid to endorse a more progressive platform. I don't know why, but it shouldn't be scary to like endorse a $15 minimum wage or, you know, cancellation of student loans. I I feel like that's- shouldn't be controversial. (laughs) Exactly. And that's like- they take themes like that, right? And then it then becomes a personal attack. Like this person in 2016 said this, and that's why we're not going to, like, it just, it's so childish. And I'm like, this is not, this is like why we've lost elections, you know? I mean, I was on the campaign and I was like, I I mean, I, I actually had a really great time on the presidential campaign. I loved every minute of it, but I was, when you, when I was looking into like the local races, I mean, there was just so much drama and I'm like, I was like, why, you know, these should be easy races for us to win. I mean, you know, we should be easily able to like win a congressional seat against someone who is an absolute, like, you know, super conservative, super Trumpster says wild things that are very disgraceful on social media. But I think when there's so much like infighting and and whatnot, it kind of prevents that from happening. That's awful. That is awful. That's so, why I'm like, maybe I should just back to our point. Why do you enjoy this? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why are you jumping into this? Um, <laughs> no, that's a good question. I think about that a lot. I think this is like, I really, so this is crazy. I don't think I can ever, and this is kind of sad. I think a lot of residents and fellows will tell you that they, can, they don't feel like they can make a difference in medicine, right? Like, you're in it and you're in it to like follow the rules and regulations of your hospital system Mm -hmm. and learn your procedures and bring in money for the hospital system that you're a part of and make money as attending, maybe publish some papers, but that's it. Like that's, I feel, I, I feel like I can never make a significant contribution to the world of medicine. I do feel like using my voice can make a significant contribution to politics. I think people don't realize how valuable their voices are. And, um, they, you know, at the end of the day, it really does end up making a difference, you know, like I'm Persian. So this is going to be controversial, but like there is a, you know, Persians have a lot, there was like, so the, the, um, you know, with all the protests that were happening in, 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 um, in the summer of 20, um, 2020, right. Like a lot of, a lot of Persians didn't feel comfortable you know, voicing their, their concern about what was going on, whether it was, you know, the, the issues with, um, systemic racism, they, it just like for them, they just didn't want to accept it as the truth. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start speaking out against this. Like I always had, but I was like, I'm going to bring my community into this, even if they don't like it, because my Persian, not, not, not me, but like the Persian community that I know, is not going to use their voice. So we also have to address that Persians can sometimes, you know, maybe blindly or ignorantly 
um, be a part of the system that is that, you know, basically enables systemic racism to continue in this country. You know, it's kind of like that my white, that my minority myth, right. That like basically ends up upholding white supremacy when, um, and this is like so deep for 1030 in the morning, but, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, like there's this, a lot of, I think, um, white folks tend to, um, sort of uphold certain minority groups, right. Whether it's Persians or whether it's, you know, um, uh, like Indians, right? Like I just, I'm basing this based on like what I know. They tend to say, oh, well, look at the Persians. They immigrated here and they're all like doctors or engineers. Why can't everyone be like this? But I feel like that is so just rooted in white supremacy, right? And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like this sense of, oh, well, you know, you're pitting people against each other and you're kind of like enabling one group to feel better about their, about being white adjacent when tech, like, that's not what it should be. We as like, um, a minority group in this country should uphold the beliefs and the ideologies and the support of other minority groups who came here before us. And, I personally just felt like my Persian community wasn't doing enough or anything at all. Like, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be honest and blunt and say that we have a a problem as Persians. And we kind of have this tendency to be rooted in this nonsensical, you know, idea of the minority model minority myth. And we need to like, be honest about our experiences in that and kind of like say that we also by default partake in this white supremacy sort of not you know um ideology and we need to break free from that and I was like met with a lot of controversy like I was was how was that received yeah um like not great (laughs) 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 like a lot of my people that I knew like started unfollowing me on social media and I was like I don't care because I'm sorry if the truth hurts but like we actually have to take accountability for our actions um and it was and, something you believed in too yeah. exactly so. exactly and it's great because like my mom for example like she's always been pretty progressive but like seeing my mom like you know on the at like the protests and like holding her friends accountable I was like wow like you know my mom's 60 years old she's like finally not like finally seeing it but she's like doing something that I wouldn't expect someone from in her generation to right. do yeah um, and so I, I personally like there felt like, okay, this is controversial. It totally hurts. Like, I honestly, like looking back on it, I didn't even care if those people unfriended me. Like at the time I was like, wow, like that's what you're unfriending me for. But I was like, all right, like you're just exposing yourself. But yeah, it totally, it's, it's shocking. But at the same time, I feel like I made an impact because I made people uncomfortable And I really do hope that going forward, Iranians, you know, join more Iranians start speaking out against prejudice, systemic racism, and realize that the world does not revolve around this notion of the model myth, you know, the minority model myth, whatever, whatever that, that sort of white supremacy myth is that it's ingrained in a lot of these immigrants or, you know, these, these sort of minority immigrants that that come from different countries. I feel like we need to kind of, um, you know, realize what our position is and realize that we kind of uphold that nonsensical belief 
not me, but like, you know, our group and kind of work against that and kind of work to support, you know, these movements that are so important and will make such a huge difference in sort of the way that our, you know, in in terms of the foundations of our country. We need more women like you. (laughs) (laughs) Also, happy Persian New Year. It was yesterday. Thank you so much. I was really happy. It was like the first year that we weren't banned from the country in the last five years. So that was really nice. It felt like, all right, we can like celebrate. Um, I was like, I'm not going to say how you guys say it because I seen this video of Britney Spears saying it and she said it yes. so bad and her boyfriend was like, just say happy Persian New Year. And I was like, we yeah, say it. I will let her say Dr. it. Dr. Ruby, how do you <laughs> yeah, say Dr. it? Ruby. You say Noruz Mubarak. Nope, not saying yeah, it. You can say happy Noruz. Happy Persian New Year. <laughs> there you go. That works. That I works. feel like, I feel like I was very... I might have said something controversial about like, you know, Persians not partaking in these social justice movements, but I just want more people to get involved and realize just how important our voices are. Exactly. Um, so yes, I apologize for the very no conversation. Don't apologize. This is what I brought you on for because (laughs) we want to highlight women who have a voice and who are not afraid to use it. We are not gonna censor anyone. I was like, and I gotta get her now before she's a real big deal. And I'm like, gotta go through your press secretary to speak to you. Remember the little people and do a tour, a wraparound tour, okay? (laughs) Exactly. If you want to know how wild Florida, how wild Tampa is, I don't know if you guys know, but Kaylee McEnany was was um, Trump's press secretary recently, like the the blonde girl that would just yeah. say nonsense. Mm-hmm. So she and I went to high school together. She was, I think, three years older than I was. I didn't actually know this until like our high school basically celebrated her becoming the next press secretary. Um, so yeah, that's how wild Florida is. <laughs> I don't even know how we came out of the same school system. <laughs> You're like, uh, that's how it is. One on one spectrum, the other on another. Um, right. I want to switch it up because um, I do want to talk about this. Um, that not only are you Dr. Ruby and you're into politics, but you frequently go to New York Fashion Week too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so she's also fashionable she's a hero. I know wait 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 Quinny doesn't know this about you it's another thing of why I went to you she's a huge housewife fan oh and I think you watch the other Bravo shows too don't you I watch all of them except yeah. Southern Charm yeah. I think at this point I watch all of them do you I, watch I Southern, Southern Charm? Charm? I do not. Summer House. I, I watch only. Oh, I don't watch that one either. Summer House either. Yeah, I don't. I have friends that try to get me into both. Yeah, I watch Southern Charm, New Orleans. I love it, and I I'm like maybe this is controversial to say. I think I watch it too because it's more of a more um, black cast. It's almost mm-hmm. all a black cast, and mm-hmm. I try watching Southern Charm. She loves it. I just felt it was a little because they showed their white privilege. They They don't try to hide. They don't try to hide their white privilege, and I was like, and they don't. Yeah, this is just not the show for me. And you're triggered because you fight with them on the internet. Probably, yeah. yeah, I was like, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, like 
I love that you go to Fashion Week and you're friends with uh, Christian Siriano. So how did that come about? Is it like your love of fashion? So I just want to say one quick thing about Southern Charm. I heard there's a Persian girl now on the show and she called she calls <laughs> everyone out. She everyone out? out? Yes. yes. And okay. so I feel like I have to start watching Leva. her. Leva's yes. Leva. I'm I'm team Leva and I, I root for her even though I've never watched anything that she's been on. You would <laughs> love her. And she has the cutest little family and her son's name is Little and she is a businesswoman and she holds all of them to the carpet. Like, Oh, perfect. Okay. She's like, well, if you defend someone who is racist, that makes me think you're racist. Like, <laughs> she just, there's no, she makes it very clear what she's communicating. What she stands for. Yeah. All right. I love that. I love that too. Now I'm going to like watch it. After no, that, like maybe I want to watch this watch, season. Even if, I was just going to say that even if you just watch this season, you'll be entertained because it's one of the best seasons because. Oh, wow. If you watched any of them, you know how Catherine... Catherine was Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. Know. And she has a lot of like history. History in that involves slavery, slavery and owning slavery. And yeah. Like old slave family name that she takes pride in. Mm-hmm. She tries to say she didn't know how deep the Calhoun name is when it came to slavery. Hmm. So you don't know your history. <laughs> so that's what Leva said. She's <laughs> like, and she's like, you're attacking me. You're attacking me. She's like, no, I'm asking you to own it. Like take yeah. ownership of it educate right. yourself if you're saying you didn't know we don't have to teach you this mm-hmm. name that you take such pride in you should know the history know of the history of it so you yeah. can see why you're so proud of it and it took a whole <laughs> season for her to get to the point where she wanted to do that and, and then she went and got a black boyfriend then she hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she did she went and got a black boyfriend and they're like paraded all over that social media her baby daddy's last name and i guess back in slave days to separate themselves from the slave owner, they would add an extra name. So there's Ravenel with only one L and okay. then Ravenel with two L's, which her black boyfriend has because it's a slave name. Interesting. Oh my god! Bring that up. She's just like, oh yeah, it's a Ravenel too, but it's one L and two L's. We're like, honey, <laughs> it is so much deeper than just L's. There's a little like, bit of history we're there and you should know so, that. Yeah. yeah. But, wow. I know. Also, like, I love her because everyone knows I love my housewives. Yes. So yeah, I actually went to BravoCon. This was 2020, yes. 2019. Oh my gosh. I, I keep thinking 2019 was last year. And then like, I'll remember that it's now 2021. And I'm like, wait a minute. It was 2019 that I went out to BravoCon and I went for my birthday. Um, and they, Christian Siriano did like a, so like different housewives had, well, different shows, right. Had like different events. So like the Vanderpump Rules King had like their own thing and it was all over New York City. It was like the honestly the best birthday I think I've ever had because it was like three days of Bravo, three days of like dressing up. So the first day that we were there and I took my mom and aunt with me because they love they also love Bravo. So the first night that we were there, actually the first day, Christian Siriano held this event for Project One Way. And we didn't know what it was. We just stuck around because Kyle Richards had just done like a, a signing, like a, like a photo thing slash a signing. Um, so I was like, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to Bravo kind of to dress up. So I was like wearing this really cute outfit. And one of the producers of the segment that Christian Siriano was doing came up to me and he was like, do you want to do this segment with Christian Siriano? He was like, you just have to sign this waiver. And I was like, of course I do. He's like one of my favorite designers. Like, I love him. 
So I ended up being, I ended up like going up on stage interviewing Christian Siriano and he was like, so the thing was, you're supposed to, he was supposed to draw you like a sketch and you're supposed to say like what the event is for. I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of Bravo people like are very conservative. I found this out the hard way via these Facebook groups, right? Like they don't even let you talk about politics in, or like they do, if it's like a very controversial issue, right? Then, then they'll open it up, but it's very monitored and moderated. So, um, I, anyway, like I go up there and I'm like, I'm just going to tell Christian that he's going to make my inauguration dress. I'm like, um, I'm going to run for office one day. And when I get inaugurated, I want you to make my dress. (laughs) He like started talking. And then he told me that like, I wish Bravo aired this, like the footage of this, they were supposed to, but I think because of COVID and whatnot, like everything got delayed since BravoCon like 2020 got delayed. Mm-hmm. But like, we started talking about the dress he made for Michelle Obama. And he's like, he like refuses to make anything for the Trumps. And, and um, it was really cool. Cause it was live. There was an audience. And one, of, I think, I think like one of the people that manages his schedule or his show ended up getting my contact because information as I was leaving the stage and then um I and then like you know we all exit and Christian does like a signing afterwards and my mom aunt and myself all go up to him individually my mom's like I want you to make my daughter's wedding dress I was like oh my gosh no like this is something else I'm like inauguration my mom's like wedding we're family I like, I, I really want to like visit your, your store. I follow your page. And then I ended up going to a store that day. Um, and it's beautiful. Like it's very him. It's not even in Soho. It's like in a very different part of Madison Avenue, which I absolutely love that he's like different that way. But then I ended up getting invited to his fashion show, um, which was in February of 2020. So right before like COVID and the shutdown and whatnot. And it was, I, I, like, I, never brag, right? Because I feel like I have these really cool once-in-a-lifetime experiences, but I had like better seats. I was literally like the front row. Like I still have, it's on my Insta story. I literally had better seats than Heidi Klum because Heidi Klum and it was, so it was Heidi Klum, um, Rachel Bilson, um, Leslie Jones, they all came in together with paparazzi and they sat like right across from me. But like they were kind of deeper because of like the setup, they were kind of like deeper into the audience. And I'm like sitting there and this woman comes and sits next to me. Turns out she's like a very famous Korean actress. I didn't know. And I'm like freaking out because my seats are like amazing. Like I could literally like move my arm and I'd be touching one of the models. Like it was, it was that amazing. And then um, after the show, his, the same person that, I met at BravoCon came and gathered like five of us and we went backstage and we met Christian and his boyfriend. Well, I met Christian again and his boyfriend and Coco Rocha, the model, um, who was absolutely like the sweetest. I was like so nervous meeting her because I like love her and a few of the other models. And then that night we went to the after party and I went by myself. I didn't know anyone. So I'm like at the after party, <laughs> New York Fashion League. Like, what is going on? I'm like, I literally was You're like, pitch me. <laughs> um, and I so want to do it again. Like, I know that they they've done Fashion Week since they did one at his home, and I think that they did the last one 
where they only invited like buyers and like fashion photographers. And I'm like, please, September, 2021, like, please let there be another show. Like I just miss it. And I, I, I don't know. I just like miss dressing up and an impact on him and that's why mm-hmm. like he was like I'm gonna invite her like you probably went up on stage again and killed it you guys are talking about everything he's like who is this girl I want to know this girl like you know and hopefully he still has you in his mind <laughs> like 2021 <laughs> where's Ruby I'm gonna invite her you're you ever in- get her info yeah so Dr. Ruby yeah Dr. Ruby here. needs to be here I think that's amazing. I think things like that is not bragging. It's just sharing your experiences because yes. I feel like like you would probably be like I don't want to brag, you know, I don't want to do it. But it's like that's a one in a lifetime yeah. experience. Yeah. I share it with the world. Yeah. Everyone should know that, you know. So thank you. I agree. I also live a kind of boring life. Like people will see me on social media, and I'll be like, I don't know. I think also pre-COVID, like I lived a very kind of, like I worked hard, but I also like did fun things. Like I would go to shows and I would go to like event, like I went to a Marvel event. I went to the Christian Sierra fashion show and then like COVID hit and my life kind of got very serious in the sense that, you know, I was like working in the hospital all the time, or I was, you know, taking care of our, our surgery patients. And then, you know, the presidential election happened. Um, but like, since then, my life has been pretty like, uh, you know, like kind of readjusting to doing things now that, you know, people are getting vaccinated and I'm vaccinated myself to like, also still kind of doing the quarantine lifestyle where you're like, Oh, it's Saturday night. I don't really want to go out movies. There's like nothing really to do. I'm going to like watch another episode of Riverdale. Like it's, yes. it's kind of like finding yeah. that, that nice balance, you know, between yes. the two um, and yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I, I'm like really counting down the days till things really reopen. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back out there again. But yes, I do live a pretty boring life outside of doing fun things. So what I, I do like share... everything you just talked to us about did not seem boring. <laughs> like, I get it. But I get, I get it too, because means. I stay I home have a lot. of really great things. Yeah. But my yes. real life is like, mom, Grey's Anatomy, Bravo, work. Yeah. School. Yes. You know what I mean? Same. Like, that's, yeah. that was my Yeah, she my was in life. nursing school even. She graduated. Yeah, I, I finished my BSN last summer. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So it's, that's the same with me. Mine's is home, home, because I'm working from home. So working home, working home. I have pockets of fun. Yeah. And a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, you do so much. And I'm like, a lot of things I do, I do in my house because I bought a house Mm -hmm. and I have multiple floors. I just decorate very well. And then people think we're somewhere else. And I'm like, nope, that was in my living room. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We were outside on my balcony. I just decorated to make it seem like I'm somewhere else or at an event venue. I'm not. I'm at home. But um, no, all that is great. And I think we did a good job highlighting your story. Yeah. And I am so excited to see to follow your story now because this is my first time meeting you. Yeah. Um, but you have a, a bright future in whatever you do. You can exactly. tell. Oh, thank you. And you yeah. also just been nominated. Are you were listed at forty under forty? Uh, we tell us a little bit more about that before we. End? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So um, there's like this National Iranian American Council that is very politically involved with a lot of different politicians like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Um, they're also involved with the Biden administration. They were involved in the Obama administration. So they work hand in hand with a lot of these different political groups and different political organizations. And they, um, I guess, wanted to highlight like the contributions of Iranian Americans across the country. And I was in the most, how should I say this nicely? I was in a very, very serious meeting when I found out. Like, so in medicine, there's these meetings called morbidity and mortality, where you talk mm -hmm. about cases that have gone wrong or cases that you can learn from. So I'm in the meeting, I'm in like the middle of this really like serious meeting and I get this email saying oh congratulations you've been nominated for as one of our top 40 you know people that we're going to highlight and I'm like oh my gosh can this meeting end I want to tell people <laughs> so, so I was very excited to to be on that list when I first found out like because they're rolling out 10 people a day or 10 people a week okay so I didn't realize because you I didn't really have an idea of who was going to be on this list Okay. And when the first 10 people rolled out, like Yara Shahidi was on there. Um, and this, these like wonderful folks who've done so much for like the Democratic Party in California, like one is the president of Stanford Law Review, like just amazing people. Yeah. I was definitely like, having a moment of imposter syndrome where I was like, I don't know if I should be on this list. And then they like rolled out the next 10. And there's like people who've done so much in like, um, the world of bioengineering and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, like we are really a, a really established group of people. Like, like it's, it's pretty impressive. And so, um, each week when they roll out people, I'm like, wow, I really me on this list, like, huh, like this is pretty cool. So, um, I'm just really excited to be on there and it's definitely like an honor. And, you know, I think also like growing up, I had a very interesting life, ex life sort of, I guess the way I was raised was very interesting because I went to a predominantly white, all girls Catholic high school. And I went to that same school for elementary, middle and middle school. And it was, you know, I was like, I was like one of the minor only minorities in that group of students. I mean, like it was a very small school, but I was also like the person that really stuck out. It was like maybe a handful of us out of the entire school body. Um, and so I never really was in touch with like my Iranian roots or the fact that I was Muslim. I felt like I just, it wasn't a part of who I was. I felt disconnected from that, but growing up and sort of working in the administration and working on Capitol Hill, I kind of became entrenched in not just like the religion I'm a part of, but also my, my ethnic background. So now I feel like I've sort of become very proud of the fact that I'm Iranian and an Iranian American, that I'm a Muslim American and it's a part of my identity now. So it's like so cool to like celebrate that now that I've kind of, you know, entrenched myself in this world of, of, you know, my culture and my, my heritage and my background. And so, um, to be in this wonderful group of like, the top 40 Iranian Americans in the country and to be a part of that is like, it's like icing on the cake, you know? So yeah. um, it's also nice that I kind of can realize like, okay, I had a very, like my upbringing was very different than what it should have been in the sense that like, I didn't grow up around a lot of Iranians and 
Um, I grew up in a very like predominantly white area. So to kind of like realize that that isn't what America is and that isn't actually what Florida is or what Tampa is and that it took, you know, college and like an adulthood to kind of make me realize like, this is what life is. It's not so sheltered. It's not living in this like privileged bubble. Um, it was, it was a really kind of, it was a lot of like growing pains and whatnot, but I'm, I'm sort of really glad I experienced that for myself and got to like really, you know, immerse myself in my culture. Exactly. I feel like that's a great note to end and on, like yes. just to celebrate in women, women. <laughs> and you, Dr. Ruby, um, we thank you. And we always do a cheers to mm-hmm. um, when we end. So we do a cheers to, and what's the other one? We shut do? up and wine. Oh, a shut up and wine. So our cheers to is like something that you want to cheers to that was celebrate, good. Yeah. Celebrate. It could be you, it could be anything. And our shut up and wine usually goes to a person, but it can be a person or a cause or something like you just need to shut up and whine about it. Like, because it's like, it's kind of like you're high or you're low. Yeah. So, so what is your cheers to, to? Um, I want to cheers to you guys because I love that. First of all, thank you so much for having me on this show, but I love that you have this like really great podcast where you can talk about serious issues. And at the same time, also talk about like, funny dating stories gone wrong. So I think that I, I listened to only one podcast and then I started like listening to you guys because I would follow your stories and I would, you would mention it. And I started listening to your podcast and I absolutely love it. So I just want to cheers to you guys because you guys deserve it. And you're like successful women, right? You're successful, you know, brilliant women who are also doing something fun on the side. And I think that like people are so career driven that they don't realize that career career folks also have like fun hobbies so I just, right <laughs> I want to yeah we all like yeah. shopping and fashion and watching Bravo and yeah. making mm-hmm. fun food to eat so yes yeah. cheers to both of you um for and I and for all of your successes and and you know successes going forward mm-hmm. and shut up and wine okay that's a very I would like for my fellow Floridian Democrats to get it together. (laughs) I love it. And to learn from Stacey Abrams and her fair action fight group. Yes. Because if she can get Georgia to vote blue and make the Senate more democratic as a result, then Florida can as well. But we just have to come together and do it. I 100% agree. And I also want to say she is what a sore loser doesn't look like because she lost her race. Not fair. She didn't stop her fight. But she didn't stop her fight. Mm -hmm. She still was like, there's a bigger picture. Even though I lost, I'm not going to soak about it. I'm still going to fight for my state and what Georgia is about. Even though she definitely didn't lose but that's a whole nother story <laughs> and that's it <another> but- <laughs> and I want to be her like that's who I want to be like when I think of my future in politics I'm like Stacey Abrams because yes. like, like that she's like my shiro and yes. so that's that's who I want to be Stacey oh please adopt me and take me under your political wing <laughs> right Stacey if you're listening to this please reach out to Dr. Ruby yeah. I'm gonna like hashtag her like yes. Stacey Abrams Listen to this. 
Um, but thank you so thank much you for, for being us, on here. Lizzie. It was so yes. fun. Thank you. I had so much fun. I think every Sunday morning should start out like this. So I think so too. So much. Yes. And hopefully now that we're all kind of getting vaccinated, we, we hopefully we'll be able to meet in person. Yes. Wait, she's she's vaccinated, vaccinated and you're so vaccinated. We have one more that we need to get on board. <laughs> exactly. May 1st, you can, I think you can finally get it if you can't get it before then. So hopefully we'll be able to like meet up in person and yes, I'll, I'll come to Atlanta or you guys can come to Boston or DC. She's actually in California. Yeah. She's just visiting. It was her birthday oh, on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. I so hope you had a good one. If, if, if it, she wasn't here, she would be like a third box yeah. <laughs> on there. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, yeah, this is how we usually record. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. That's awesome. What part of what, California? Corona. So um, inland, inland empire. In between okay. San Diego and LA. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Okay. Well, I'm hopefully moving to DC in the fall. So I would love for you guys to visit. Um, yeah. If you would love a... A fall DC trip. You're more than welcome. I can be your tour guide. I love yes. DC, so I'm all about that. <laughs> we love to awesome. travel. We, we love to travel, so I'm all about DC. Yes. So perfect. It's so close, and I it's not that far free. It's like a five-hour flight for you. So, so we'll make it happen. Is our part two will happen in DC. DC. Yes. 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 I love Everything it. That you are doing. Yes. I love it. Yes. Catch up. And we call it catch up with Dr. Ruby. Catching up with Dr. Ruby in DC. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys, until next time, this Thanks has been the Broken Bougie Podcast.